0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock this evening. Now, the state's psychology service for schools uh, has been accused of being on the verge of collapse, so it is called the National Education Psychology Service or NEPS is the shorthand for it, And you're going to hear reference to NEPs a few times, I would wager, in the next few minutes. The assertion is that it is uh, under-resourced and this is having an impact on schools, on teachers, on parents, and most importantly, on the kids who might need that service. So with me to discuss is Simon Lewis, who's principal of Carlo Educate Together, and Rebecca Kelly, uh, whose daughter uh, has had cause to avail of the NEP service in the past. You're both very, very welcome to the show. So, Simon, um, you know, lots of people will be lucky enough they won't have to kind of come into contact with NEPs at all. So you're going to have to explain how the service works and how that how, how the the operating system, as it were, changed in recent years.
1: No problem at all, Ciarán. Good to talk to you. Um, NEPs is just a, a service that's available really to schools um, to apply for, um, effectively, psychological assessments for children who might need them within the school and their educational psychological assessments. So uh, a number of years ago, you you might have remembered uh, that uh children who needed uh what were known as support hours in schools or extra support from teachers they would need a psychological assessment and um NEPs were the 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 uh group that were supposed to supply those psychological assessments uh because there weren't enough of them although uh, over a decade ago, lots of parents were going to get private assessments and this was uh, uh in order to get these support hours and essentially, I suppose things have just become uh, worse and worse and worse as services just become less and less available, and I suppose NEPs, which is a very good service, to be honest, when, when, when people are lucky enough to get it, um, I basically are now falling, are, are falling alongside all the other services that children aren't getting. And I guess, like, like uh, most of these services, they're falling back on schools to try and provide some of the uh, service there
0: that they would have been uh, offering. Which gets us to how the system changed. Isn't isn't that right? So so mm. uh, they've kind of moved away from, um, you know, this kid may have issues. Let's get an assessment with NEPS. You get a diagnosis of some educational issue and you, you get resources. Now, basically, they look at your school and they say, well, this school has kind of 400 students, 200 boys, 200 girls. It's in this area Um, uh, and kind of an algorithm spits out a figure and says they get X amount of kind of extra teaching hours or resource hours and X amount of SNAs. Isn't
1: that it? That's essentially it it, it, in a nutshell. It changed in 2017 uh, and it was to be called the better, fairer way. Uh, But effectively, uh, the better, fairer way uh, essentially meant that uh, 91% of principals, we did a survey at the National Principals Forum and 91% of principals, uh, it said um that they had either the same or less hours than they would have gotten in the previous system and fast forward another 7 years on uh we're looking at um 76% of principals now saying they just don't have enough hours and even on top of that uh schools where they would have a high number of children with complex needs have been doubly punished because uh those uh those uh children with complex needs were to be included um, or were included up until this year in the allocation, and that was just simply cut. Uh, my school, in particular, we just lost 15 hours a week of support, just like that, because of of this one variable just been taken away and not replaced by something. But uh, I mean, we're currently um, surveying uh, principals as as we as we speak, and the feedback coming coming back is astonishing. I, I like it's it's amazing how um, mm. things have.
0: Absolutely collapsed. Because uh, I'm, I'm one of those people lucky enough not to ha- have had to come into contact with the service. So I don't know. But I, I remember speaking to people around the time it changed, and the, 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 the argument they made against the old system was that it kind of incentivized diagnosis when it wasn't necessary to a degree, there was kind of evidence of that, you know, kind of, mm. uh, you know, uh, schools or uh, kind of teachers or principals, and I'm not accusing you of this for a moment, Simon, you know, sure. kind of actively trying to get more kids diagnosed because it meant more resources for the school because there was a sudden explosion in some areas of, of kids getting a diagnosis when up the road, there was far fewer kids with dyslexia. I mean, unless there was something in the water in one parish compared to the other, <laughs> it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and and I think that, as I understand it again from those conversations at the time, Uh, the the rationale then for the new system is that there should be less recourse to kind of calling a NEP psychologist that you use, say in your school, you have 192 hours, I think, I was looking on the website of of extra teaching hours per year, eight SNAs, that you use them in such a way that it prevents kids getting to the point where, um, you know, you're you're not in an emergency situation, that's kind of exaggerating it, but you're at the point where you need an outside psychologist to come in.
1: Yeah, exa- exactly, and those one hundred ninety-two hours have been cut to one hundred and seventy-seven, but uh, you know, just just like that. But it, it's, it, I suppose, we're coming from a very low base, and I think, I mean, these massive, al- these kind of strange algorithms, um, that they're, they're, we don't we don't really know how they're being calculated. They're they're protected under freedom of information uh, requests, so uh, we're we're we're, never, we're not going to find out. But they're they're based on on a very very. They seem to be based on criteria that just don't make sense for some children. And that was a I mean the solution is kind of easy. I mean you if you go to, if you have a kid in preschool and a child needs extra assistance, there's a, a lovely scheme called AIM uh, which is run very effectively and if a child requires support, they're got, they get the support. And but the mad thing is they move into primary school and all those supports have gone away because some algorithm decides that just uh, based on very, very like totally different criteria That uh, you know your school is only entitled to this amount of hours, and you have to spread them. As really recently uh, to um, uh, to the children. So at the moment, I have 146 children that require some sort of support, and I'll have 177 hours a week to fulfil all of those um, all of those supports. It's just.
0: It's just not possible. So so is the criticism, and and I know I mentioned Rebecca who's with us as well and I do want to come to Rebecca to to, to get a sense of all of this from a parent's point of view. But again, just for people at home kind of lucky enough like me not to have to deal with this, is the criticism, it's slightly of the model but it's more of the resourcing, is it? I mean, it sounds like you'd have kind of less of a complaint about the algorithm if it just meant that you you had more hours, uh, you know, so that you could kind of provide those kids you mentioned in the school with the service they need. The hundred and forty six.
1: Um, I, I to be honest, I just don't. Th- I, I think the algorithm is nonsense. That's the problem. So it it, it you know it doesn't. It, it you can't. You know, a child. A child isn't an isn't isn't an, isn't an algorithm. You know, yeah. you you if a child has needs, they just need whatever they need to to but, help them. With but those the needs.
0: problem was, and the problem with the old system is that you had to have a NEP psychologist come out and all 146 of those children would have to be assessed and diagnosed and then needs allocated based on that. I mean, maybe kind of in, a, in, in an ideal world that would happen, but you know as well as I do. I mean, if we don't have enough NEP psychologists and there are black spots in the country with the system as is, a system that's going to be way more resource heavy is never going to get off the ground. You'd be here in a year telling me it's a utter disaster.
1: Yeah, so we, we we kind of feel that the, the most obvious solution is to to actually trust schools to uh, be able to say what they need because we do we do know what we need, and we do know that and, and i mean I know you mentioned that oh schools would be looking for more than they need and all the rest of it but i mean if school i mean it's very easy to measure you know uh, if there's any outliers in the th- in a system that they can be i suppose evaluated by an external agency if we for example, I was looking for a ridiculous amount of hours um, okay. someone someone could come and look at us rather than a complete low trust model where
0: here's a bare like, minimum. Like, like, like I do my own tax return or someone does their own tax return. And, and, well, no, but I, I'm, I'm serious. Like as in, and, and it, it's kind of trust-based, but, yeah. you know, revenue don't entirely trust you. And every few years you might get a letter in the post saying we're going to do an audit to make sure you're doing this properly.
1: Well, we have inspections in schools uh, all the time, you know, for, for child protection, for, for whether we're teaching the curriculum properly. I think the same could be said, really, for whether you've uh, okay. applied for the, the right amount <laughs> We do it very easily. I mean, in, in other countries, I, I, I mean, I, I just find that, just to give an example, I was in Finland uh, on a on a exploring about outdoor education. But while I was doing that, uh, the teachers were were in, up in arms at the time because there were two hundred and five children in the school, and they were complaining they only had access to a psychologist two days a week. And I i I just thought, well, there you go that sums, sums a lot of things up for us. I mean, things are possible if people want if people want them to happen
0: uh, i I'm a bit worried that you kind of laughed out loud at the prospect uh, at the thought that I was doing my tax returns accurately. but anyway, we'll, we'll move <laughs> on to, <laughs> to Rebecca, who's with us as well um Rebecca, I, I mentioned your daughter was in need of the service, so maybe tell me a little bit about your experience.
2: So my experience started from when my daughter was in um, Neenon Forest, so like um, high babies as such, and she's in a gale school, and they came to us and said that, you know, we think there might be some issues there, so we need to get her tested, and then nothing happened, and then they came to us again and they said, look, you know what, we can't say, because i was saying, just come out and tell me what's wrong with what her, you know, because, as I said, there is a trust point still that they know, and they were like, we can't. So we had to apply um, ourselves privately, and it took us a year to get her assessed, and it cost us €1,200. Euros. Um, and she was diagnosed with dyslexia um, last September. Now, her school has been fantastic, but she is in a Gail school, so she has to come come out of that, really, because just to help her support her English. However, the school told us, look, we'll support her, and they have supported her, but then this year they came to us and said, look, the support hours have been taken off us you know, we're really worried about the children in their school who have these needs. So she was like, you need to start applying for other schools, um, like the um, a McCallie school and different schools that, you know, concentrate two years for working with kids with complex needs. And she said, look, you need to do this because we don't know if we can support your daughter going forward. And we did.
0: And tell me, I mean, as a parent, I uh, you know, I often talk to parents in this situation and, and What I haven't found is the frustration that they they seem to share is that they assume living in a kind of a society as wealthy as this one, that, you know, when a child needs a certain service, God forbid, it might actually exist.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing, Karen, because I put that out, I have a a little bit of a social media platform and I put that out and the amount of people are saying, you know, you're so privileged that you can pay for that. Like, like we are waiting, waiting. We cannot pay for this. But it took us a year, even for private, a whole yeah. year. So she was struggling massively in school, and she was coming home crying every day, saying, I, "You know, mum I'm stupid. I, I, you know, I don't know what I do." And I'm, I'm, she lost her confidence. My child completely lost her confidence. Like, and not just in school. Like around her, she didn't want to go to her drama classes anymore because she couldn't read English. And it was just horrific for us, and horrific for her, to be sending her to school every day where she just wasn't getting any support.
0: And how is she now?
2: So we have very, very luckily got into Catherine McCauley and Baggett Street. So she we applied for that and we applied for four skills and we got a rejection letter from Catherine McCauley um two weeks later two weeks ago to say that she was number 22 on the list and unfortunately she didn't get in. Mm. And then last Thursday we got a phone call to say that she is in. And i will be honest with you, Karen, I cried my heart out because I knew going into September next year, especially with these cut hours, my daughter was going to be lost in this in, in the education. She was going to be completely lost. Okay. So I am so happy. And the amount of people, parents that have reached out to me and said, again, you are so lucky. I'm so happy for you. But actually, I'm struggling with my child. So they were all like, they were yeah. envious, you know.
0: And it sounds like kind of a simple ask, Rebecca, but it sounds like, I mean, what would have made a difference to you and your daughter was just that, you know, if, when the service was needed, it was there. That's kind of really all you're looking for.
2: Exactly. And that's all it was. And you know what, her teacher that she had, she left the school, she retired. So they had to use another teacher, but then they were saying to us, come September, we don't know if we can, you know, have that teacher. So we really don't know what to say to you. And our school has been fantastic. And she wrote to us and asked us to write to the Minister of Education and Keep talking about it because we need support
0: for our children. Well, listen, Rebecca. I'm 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 glad you got the good news on the school front. Anyway, uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, and I'm sure your daughter is going to thrive in no time at all. So, thanks a million for chatting to us, uh, Rebecca Kelly. There also Simon Lewis, who's principal of Carlo Educate Together. Uh, Simon, thank you very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddihy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.